Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. You're tuned in to Wild Podcast. By all means, go to wildpodcast.me. That's W-O-W-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot M-E. Now, today we have a special guest. We have Edward Willett. He's the author of The Moonlit World, which is actually the third book in the World Shapers Portal fantasy series. Edward, how are you doing? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing great. So I want to learn more about the World Shapers Portal Fantasy Series. Tell me about that. Well, the World Shapers are set in a labyrinth of shaped worlds. The, the premise was sort of like authors living inside the worlds that, that they shape. Uh, my main character is a young woman who's living a pretty ordinary life in a small Montana city when things start to go haywire. Uh, her best friend is killed in what looks like a terrorist attack, and there's a mysterious stranger who shows up and tells her that uh, – Actually, this isn't the real world she's living in. It's a world that she shaped, even though she doesn't remember it. And she knows this is true because after her friend is killed, she um, she says, this can't be happening, and just like that, it never happened, although her friend is still dead, but nobody else remembers she ever existed. So she knows there's some truth to this. And so that's the general premise, and there's a whole labyrinth of these shaped worlds that they can travel between, and she has the power if she can gather the knowledge of the shaping of these various worlds and get it back to the mysterious uh, agrarian who's like the spider at the center of the web of these shaped worlds. She can save them all from the adversary who's come into her world and is causing all these problems. Uh, so the first one takes place in a world very much like ours, but with some differences because it's not quite our world. For example, lacrosse is a big <laughs> professional sport. Right. And then in the second book is uh, based on a Jules Verne-inspired world. The shaper of that world really liked Jules Verne, so it's got weird, uh, you know, airships and floating islands okay. and things like that, submarines. And then the Moonlit World, the one that comes out in September, is uh, set in a world that was shaped by people who really like werewolves and vampires. So it's uh, my working title for a while was Werewolves and Vampires and Peasants, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so with the Moonlit World... Um, I'm interested to talk to a writer such as yourself because what I want to know is where does the inspiration come from to create your own fantasy world? Oh, that's a good question. You know, I, I, I interview a lot of authors on my own podcast, and I always ask that question. Why, you know, why do we do this? Um, I think it's just a creative impulse. I think it's in all of us. Uh, if you want to uh, take the religious view, you know, God created man in his image, and uh, part of God's nature is to create things and that was certainly the way Tolkien looked at it we're doing like sub-creation we just have this creative impulse and people find outlets for it in different ways and for me because I was always a huge reader of science fiction and fantasy I was always drawn to the idea of making up uh, worlds that are different from ours and imagining the adventures you could have in them and I started writing as a kid and I've written ever since and it's just something that makes me happy <laughs> right so our, with this particular series um, are you interested in turning it into like some type of TV sitcom or some type of movie? Oh, well, that would be great if anyone were interested. Uh, I think it would make a great TV series because obviously it is uh, kind of episodic in that you go from world to world, and within a TV format you could uh, certainly make that work. Um, but, you know, that's, that's not really up to me. I just write them and hope that uh, they find an audience and that uh, if somebody out there discovers it and thinks it would work in that format, I would – I'm all ears. Give me a call. <laughs> right. So uh, do you have any co-authors uh, in your series? Nope. I'm uh, I'm a, a one-person author on everything I've ever worked on. So what does a, a regular day for you look like since you have a podcast and you're uh, promoting your series? Like, Give me a little bit of uh, insight on your personal day. Oh, well, I've been a full-time freelance writer now for 27 years. It will be this fall. So uh, the day varies depending on what my assignments are, but... 
uh, typically, you know, you do the usual sort of computery stuff and, and emails and all that kind of thing in the morning. Uh, if I'm r- working on a book, um, I will often do about two writing sessions, maybe one in the morning, one in the afternoon of a couple of hours each. I'm a pretty fast writer, so the fastest I've ever written anything was probably I did a 60,000-word novel in two weeks once when everything was flowing really well. So wow. I've done 100,000 in a month. So I can write really fast when I'm working on something like that. But because I'm a full-time freelancer, I'm often juggling multiple projects, and I also do freelance editing, so I'm sometimes working on other people's <laughs> books uh, at the same time. The podcast, uh, I only do it every two weeks because of the time commitment, because it is an hour-long conversation with another science fiction fantasy author about their creative process. Uh, so that's something that comes up. The interview will come up but maybe once or twice a week. I'll have an interview, uh, and then the preparation takes another few hours because of editing the transcript. I do a full transcript and all that sort of thing. Uh, that's kind of a a minor part, uh, though it is time-consuming whenever it's time to put another one out. <laughs> so with the COVID-19 going on, and I kind of dislike to give this virus so much credit, but <laughs> with it going on, are you finding any inspiration to create some new worlds? Um, I can't say that it's particularly affected me in that way. Um, I don't I'm still doing what I've always done. The biggest change for me was that I've always worked at home, right? So that didn't make right. any difference. Uh, but my wife started working at home, so that was different. <laughs> so okay. She had my <laughs> office, and I had to work on my laptop downstairs. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, it hasn't really affected the way I work very much at all. Uh, so have you ever tried any other um, genre of books? Oh, I've written tons of nonfiction. Uh, I started my career as a journalist uh I went, I studied journalism at Harding University in Searcy, Arkansas, which is the state you're in. And, um, I started, uh, as a newspaper reporter and then eventually editor, and then I did some communications work. So I started in nonfiction, although I was writing fiction on the side all that time. And over the years, I've done a ton of, like, children's science books, and even, uh, I wrote a genetics demystified for McGraw Hill, and, um, I've done local history books, all sorts of stuff like that. So, yeah, I do write other genres, but when it comes to writing fiction, I almost always end up in the science fiction or fantasy realm. So I had created this podcast to get to know authors that, you know, I'm very interested in or some people books that who I would never pick up, uh, quite frankly. Um, but what I was always interested in was the fact that I wanted to know what is that person's life like when they absolutely positively just don't want to do anything like have you ever been in a moment where you didn't want to do anything, and why did you feel that way? Uh, sometimes, you know, much as I love writing, there are times when you just don't want to sit at the computer and you want to do something else. I do have other things that I do. I'm also an actor and a singer, and uh, uh, so that has often been something that I've done uh, on the side. Um, or just taking a walk or take my camera out and take some pictures, you know, things like that. Um, but I am very much... As I said, I've been a professional writer now for a very long time, and uh, ultimately I always end up back at the keyboard. <laughs> what exciting things are you and your wife getting a chance to do since she's working from home now? Well, she's actually gotten to go back to the office, so um, things oh. are getting a little bit more normal now. And okay. things are, you know, we can actually go out to restaurants once in a while now around here, so, so that's kind of nice. We're not doing any vacation like we normally would this summer. Yeah. Um, so we're just spending a lot of time in our backyard and, and you know, enjoying the, the nice weather. So this is a question that's often overlooked amongst us uh, authors. Uh, What do you want people to know about you? Hmm. 
I think the thing that I would most want people to know is that I love to tell a good story. Um, that's what this is all about for me. I see myself, and this comes from the acting side as well, I see myself basically as an entertainer. I want to entertain people with my words. I want to communicate ideas with my words. Um, so I, I, I guess that's it. The, the main thing is that my books are meant to be good reads. <laughs> that's right. That's really what it's all about. I want to communicate with people and and share these ideas that come into my head and the characters and the adventures that I come up with. You have the podcast. You have the series coming out. Are you looking to help any other authors? Do you have anything going to where they can reach out to you and maybe submit something? Uh, they can certainly reach out to me, although I, I do have a small publishing company called the Shadowpaw Press, which has largely been focused on my own work, but I'm hoping to get it to the point where I might be able to, to publish uh, someone else. I do have a, uh, uh, coming out of the podcast, I actually have an anthology coming up with short stories from guests of the first year of my podcast, and these are many of them major international bestsellers who are providing, some are providing reprints or some are providing original fiction. So I'm sort of branching out with, uh, that was kick-started, that one. So I'm sort of branching out with Shadowpaw Press, and I do hope at some point to be able to, to take on other authors, but at this point, it, I don't think it would make sense because I don't think I can give them what I would hope they would find with another publisher and when it comes to distribution and, and attention and things like that. But I would like to get there. And I do do freelance editing, and I've, I've mentored authors. I've been writer-in-residence at the Regina and Saskatoon Public Libraries here in Saskatchewan, which were several months where I worked with new authors and tried to help them with their, their writing. Uh, so I do do a lot of that that sort of thing, and I I, I do think it's important for established writers to help uh, up and coming uh, writers, and uh, you know, pay it forward, as they say. I I didn't really have anybody like that when I was coming up. I just kind of did it, uh, but it would have been great if I had. So whenever I can help somebody else, I try to. You breezed over the Kickstarter. I want to learn more about that project. Is it is it still going? Yes. No, the Kickstarter was successfully funded. I was looking for 13,500 Canadian, okay. uh, which is about 10,000 U.S., and it funded overfunded by a bit, so I was able to raise my pay rates to the authors involved. So paying professional rates to the authors took the bulk of that money, and then the rest will be for the printing and so forth. I'm waiting on one story from one of my big-name authors. I've got everybody else's story, and as soon as I have that, I'll be pulling it all together. And I don't know when the actual book release will be. The Kickstarter version will probably come out around September. I'll send that out to all the backers. Then there'll be a more a bigger release uh, after that once I get the book printed. And I do have a distribution, um, a local company that has distribution is letting me piggyback on their distributors. So I'm going to be able to get it out into bookstores more widely. It's called Shapers of Worlds. And it should be out this before Christmas, I hope. That's, that's, that okay. seems safe. <laughs> now, this is uh, this is very uh, rare for me because usually I'll see a Kickstarter uh, campaign funded, but I never got a chance to speak to someone who actually made it a success. Tell me, how did you make it a success? Um, I think what made this one work to a large extent was the people involved um, because my authors each did a bit to promote it. Okay. Uh, and they all provided great backers' rewards, like uh, David Weber, who's a major science fiction author of the Honor Harrington series, among other things, uh, offered uh, at, and I was able to put this at a fairly substantial level, I think it was like a $500 donation level, to be a first reader where you actually see his manuscripts at the same time as he sends them to the editor. So you're like one of the first people in the world to read his stories. Wow. And several people, I think 
three people signed up at that level. So all that kind of thing helped. And the fact that all of my authors involved have their own followers who were then heard about the Kickstarter and kicked in, I think, is what uh, made it work. Um, yeah, I wasn't sure if it would work, but I I was inspired by a fellow author from my publisher, Doll Books in New York, uh, Joshua Pomachier, who has been – he started a company called Zombies Need Brains. <laughs> and uh, he that is his model. He kickstarts like three anthologies a year, and so far he's wow. succeeded every time. So there's definitely a, a, a niche there where uh, – and he sort of takes the same approach. He opens it up to submissions in his case, which, you know, I might do in the future. Um, but uh, he has these anchor authors. So, again, you have these sort of bigger name established authors who help to sell the project uh, by their participation. So I think that was kind of the key for me. So, Edward, let's tell people where they can purchase your book and how they can follow you on social media. Okay. Well, you'll find my book in any bookstore, uh, Amazon, any any online bookstore should be able to order it or will have it. Uh, in stock, it's because it comes out through Doll Books, which is under Penguin Random House, so they have proper distribution for their books. Uh, my other book, Shadowpaw Press, is uh, shadowpawpress.com. Uh, you can also buy books directly from me, autographed at edwardwilletshop.com. Two T's on Willet, W-I-L-L-E-T-T. And you can find my regular website at edwardwillet.com. I'm on Twitter at ewillet, two T's. Uh, I'm on Instagram as ecwillet. And I'm on Facebook at Edward Dot Willett. I really should have had the same thing for all of them, but I didn't think that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I'm your host, Darshawn McAway. You're tuned in to Wild Podcast. We're speaking to author Edward Willett. He's the author of The Moonlit World. Edward, it was such a pleasure speaking with you. Yes, thanks so much for having me on. No problem.